Hey, fellas. Up, Robert? Hey, can you hear me, Rob? I can. What's up? I'll give you a thumbs up when I hear you, John. I th There's my shit. Can, uh, can you hear me, Robert? Thumbs up if. I hear everybody. Cool. Can someone right. tell? I can't hear you guys yet. Okay. Your Eric's sound is fucked up, I think. Hold on. Let me message you. Check your heads up. The Christmas tree in the background. I'm getting festive, bro. I can't hear yeah. you. Look at this shit. Homemade, <laughs> motherfuckers. Oh, it's my sound? That shit is straight cum, dude. That's elf cum. Ah, it's so good. I pray fuck. <laughs> oh, damn good. Elf cum. Wow, it's festive over there. Look at you. We're going to be on such different wavelengths, guys. I'm drinking oolong tea. Keep it on the booze, Rob. Dude, I went I so... Because I took a I'm, hit first. I'm with, Rob, I'm with Rob. I'm on sparkling water, dude. I went so hard when we broke all-time high. <laughs> I'm still I'm still hungover a little bit, and I have diarrhea. So, I but just it was see all the bar pointing at screwing people. You were fucking wrong about Bitcoin. It's, exactly. exactly. I, I drank a whole bottle of Dom P and uh, smoked a fat cigar and then had a bunch of whiskey, and I felt amazing about it. All right, we're live now. Just it's a nasty live. combo. Uh, <laughs> it is a nasty combo. So what? So was that the morning that you popped the champagne bottle at 6 a.m.? Yeah, I, well, I drank half the ch a cheapo bottle at 6. Because you have to have two bottles. You got to have the fancy and then, you know, the one you spray. You don't want to spray Dom P. Listen, I'm trying to hoddle here, okay? I'm not trying I to fall you, out that hard. 100% right? feel you. <laughs> so I, sp I sprayed like half the cheap bottle and then I drank it at 6 a.m. I was like watching Baby Shark with my kids, like a little buzzed. Uh, but I was like, bro, I waited three fucking years, man. I'm not going to not. Come on. I got to pop the uh, so, bottle right now. So how'd you celebrate? Like, were you with other Bitcoiners? You just get wasted no, well no we did a zoom call with the other bitcoiners and then i got wasted online with other bitcoiners over zoom and smoke nice. cigars and shit you know Amazing. i wish i could have been in person with with my peoples but it didn't work out and that now, way. and now how does it feel beyond the hangover how are you feeling about 23k i'm bored it sucks fuck, let's keep right? going let's keep going <laughs> you know I gotta tell it was you, like, cool. It's cool for one day. <laughs> this is like this is like going back to doing cocaine after like having stopped and gone sober for a while, and that like I got that first hit and it like felt good, but it like wasn't nearly good enough. Yeah. Enough. Like, where like I need the white horse. Like give me, give me a more all time high. Come on. You know what was yeah. funny about about you know blasting through the all time high and everything? Like we're only four k away from you know bored as fuck at 19k and like everything more or less being the same as it was like 4k in 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 terms of what we're facing down over the next 18 months and seeing how we all reacted and i know it's special to go through an all-time high anytime you do it but man i can't wait to see how people are going to behave uh on the forthcoming run-up should it come to pass i mean we're just going to break the internet basically and and probably take over a variety of sections of society as a result <laughs> this I mean, is like, the plate oh go ahead go ahead Eric. i was just gonna say like it was like kind of scary because like they're they're not just gonna like let us come over and like take everything over you know at some point they're gonna be like these bitcoiners are out of control like we need to like we need to stop that price and we're like yeah let's watch this happen you know i'm like <laughs> i expect this to be like this kind of vaudeville skit if you will of like them like try like all these treasury <laughs> regulations, like this bullshit. Like, come on, guys can't host your own private wallet. 
I think yeah, that's... So we're, we're, all, we're all unhosted. It's like being an unperson. We're unhosted. What does that even fucking mean? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was there any news on that over the last 48 hours? It's just... Oh, yeah. You've been, have you been off Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Could yeah. Have you? <laughs> no, never. Uh, no, yeah. It, it just came out. And it, it's basically... Uh, I haven't dug into it fully, but it's basically that anything over 10k uh they're gonna you're they're gonna have to ask the exchanges for the financial information address uh, so it's kind of like a bank withdrawal like a physical cash bank withdrawal uh, so really they've, it's, they've, they've published that they've come out and said this is what it's going to be yeah yeah okay. so i thought it was out. just speculation about so and so talk to so and so at the block or some shit no now it's real mnuchin tweeted it uh and i read through it they're in a comment period which means that for the next 16 days and they did this sneaky as fuck over the holidays right um but for the next 16 days over the holidays people industry experts and people want to weigh in the public congress they can uh, uh you know basically comment and that may or may not get accepted it's sort of a murky process but you know honestly it wasn't anything that was too like matt odell was saying he assumed they already did this and honestly so did i i assume they already did this too so it wasn't anything that was that um, revolutionary. And clearly the market doesn't give a fuck because it didn't move the price down at all. This is yeah. when uh, bad banking regulations are always passed over the holidays, right? It's when we got the Fed. It's when they, these sneaky, sneaky motherfuckers go to work. Um, yeah. It's like the only time of year they go to work. I retweeted something from Senator Loomis, and she said she's just pushing back, basically uh, encouraging... Steve munching butts to cast some transparency on it to really like have a debate about what what should be done versus just jamming something through that'll be anti-competitive for the U.S. Frankly, because um, the more restrictions they place, you know, capital mobility is so high they were just going to push business overseas. It's yeah. true. Well, and you know, the U.S. Treasury just got hacked, right? So like. Yeah. They're they're super insecure and they want my physical address, which leaves me open to attack from foreign state actors. Like, fuck off, dude. You're the only reason we pay taxes is so that you can offer security because you have the monopoly on violence. So now you're right. going to fuck me over? No, no way. <laughs> I mean, like, like what like a Scrooge McDuck, like bah humbug bullshit that like these assholes got together like like over christmas like let's ram this shit through like let's let's like fuck these people when they put their guard down for a minute and try to like you know celebrate something that matters more yeah yeah sure but what what do you expect but you know i agree with the point anytime i've ever bought off a kyc exchange and you know there's been a lot of buying there for a lot of people i'm sure because the like bisque and stuff just doesn't have that much liquidity and you're paying a premium and all the rest but like I just assume that information that means whoever in the government wants any sort of information regarding that and me, they're gonna have it all. Because like maybe yeah. they don't get it automatically, but if they put pressure on Cash App and been like, "Yo, I need addresses and and like uh, purchase amounts and stuff," they could get it. We we're not we can't be that naive to think that they wouldn't do that. So like I'm I'm super glad that there's people like uh, Senator Lummis in that position to just put like. Pr- provide some pushback when these things start coming down the pike which is awesome and to have you know someone on our side in that domain but i think this was all par for the course right and my general premise is just that bitcoin and bitcoiners will adapt and evolve uh, around issues far more quickly than legislation will come into to try to inhibit that so 
you know, well, I, I was never really funny. too fussed about it. Because like that, that's like this cat and mouse game. How we're like Bitcoin would have been fine plugging along how it was doing, but like each time they push, it's like okay, there's going to be a new innovative way to get around this regulation, and like it's going to escalate all the all the way to the point where it's like look like none of this none of our system is going to touch any of your system because of how invasive you want to be. And I think it's going to get really interesting because like that that's the way they want to escalate the stakes. And we're playing with cryptography. So it's not it's not like they can win at the end of the day. And it's not like they can start breaking crypto just because they want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're their power, right? Everything's going to look like a nail for people that have the monopoly on violence. And they'll do what they can with that uh, at every step of the way, I imagine. But I don't know. It's like if we really go on the next 18 months that we think we're going to go on, <clears throat> I'm sure there'll be ups and downs. But can you really put that genie back in the bottle? Like when it gets to that scale or is, you know, what can you do when so many people hold it and so many large entities and so many influential people and institutions? I mean, are you guys concerned about that? No, I'm 0% concerned, honestly. This was weak ass FUD. It was so weak. Right? I was like, that's, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't like a China ban or anything. This is like a, oh, like they, they noticed us, guys. They're telling us yeah. the information that they're probably already collecting. The DeFi guys are mad about it because it makes a lot of DeFi mm -hmm. illegal. Um, and I haven't dug into that whole side of the equation, but I don't know. It doesn't affect me. And you had, you had to assume that, right? Yeah. Is it pronounced DeFi? DeFi, right? <laughs> I'm trying to get everybody to say Duffy so that moving Duff, forward. Duffy. Because I really want them to say that in Congress. Duffy is threatening the financial system. <laughs> um, Eric and Rob, what did you guys do for uh, all-time high? Did you celebrate in any way? I must be more zinned out than you guys. I felt nothing. Like, it was nice. You don't say. But I've seen, I've seen this escalation of attention like people have been calling me more and more and more and more with the number go up and then it just popped a little more with breaking the all-time high uh, i've got more text than i can respond to you right now it's unbelievable but i didn't do anything to celebrate it's like i t actually tweeted a prediction i put out i said it hit 20k by december and i saw that right that was target tight. so yeah. and if and all of that projection was based mm -hmm. on mapping to the last cycle just mapping over the last halving cycle. So it just keeps reinforcing my belief that Bitcoin's something really unique. It's it's an algorithm imposing a market value, right? It's something objective interacting with something subjective. And it's just crazy, crazy to see it happen. But I wasn't surprised. Um, I haven't drank in nine months, so I didn't pop any Dom P. Just drinking the tea and working on. <laughs> Nice. I don't drink either. I'm drinking. I'm drinking a zero percent Heineken here. Oh, nice. I, I, yeah, I used to drink, drink way too heavily. So <laughs> that's not on my radar anymore. Um, yeah, the I didn't notice anything. Like when you know, being around 19k, I was like, the this is what happened last time too. Like I remember, I think it was when we broke 1200 for the first time. We went up to like. 2k or something and hung out there for i forget what it was but it felt real similar to what happened last time so i didn't i didn't feel a whole lot except uh it was nice my wife and i at like the end of the day we were just like hey like we like fucking right on 
I'm like, we did it, right? Like we waited a thousand days for this shit to come back around and it finally <laughs> happened. And now every single person who's been roaming around being like, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> like over, over Thanksgiving, actually, uh, my sister, she like hates Bitcoin because, you know, so we were talking about it and I gave her some like back at like $500 and I'll, and, and I was like, oh, do you still have it? She's like, well, no, I like sold it when it was really really high and i was like oh like that, that's too bad and she's like what do you what do you mean it's too bad and i was like oh, cooler jets it's like i just no i just meant that she was like look like bitcoin shit bitcoin shit i don't care about bitcoin all oh, it's shit and and you're shit and that's it like, wow whoa there's gonna be more of that there's gonna be a lot more of that as we see well that's forward. That's why I felt that it wasn't about the price. Who gives a fuck about 22K or whatever? Like it was about vindication. It was like, dude, for for three years, man, I really staked everything on this. And I was like, I'm fucking right. Everyone's fucking wrong. Shut the fuck up. Especially, I mean, that was that shit was hard to do. It's easy now, but it was hard to do in December or I uh, know November of 18 when the price was 3,200. You know, everybody thought you were a fucking loser and like it was all over mm. and shit. But I never lost confidence, not once. And I encouraged others to do the same and stack more. So like, I had a lot into it. And then when we broke through, I was like, yup, 100%. I was just right as I fucking thought I was. Yeah, the- uh... Yeah, <clears throat> Go on, I can agree with that actually, that I just, I was actually gaining conviction in the bear market yep. just through education. And so I think you get to a point that you're so solid in the conviction of your thesis that it just you lose sensation a little bit to price and all these things but there is an element of indication right like i got this tattoo when bitcoin was thirty nine hundred dollars nice. whatever it was if people nice. thought i was a complete <clears throat> psycho but um, yeah i mean it's almost more fun to be so vindicated when it's down like that because you're more contrarian like congrats you're into something that's at an all-time high like you don't get the same satisfaction there but to be telling mm -hmm. people around a table as i'm sure we all were when it was you know 32 or 36 or whatever it was and this time 18 that like this ain't going nowhere and this is a great opportunity and you're all a bunch of fucking morons if you don't capitalize on it you know that that feels better i like you know it's always fun to be a contrarian and to be right you know when everyone yeah. else knows like when you're no longer contrarian and everybody's right it's not as fun one of the one of the things i did too is i broke one of the cardinal rules of bitcoin early on like as american hodl and i encouraged people to overextend and i encouraged people to really reach higher rather than you know the classic advice was like just you know buy what you can afford to lose and you know maybe just one coin or whatever and i was like no no <laughs> Get 6.15, take on a little debt, fucking man up, drive Uber, do what you have to do. This is like, your life depends on this, dude. And I had so many of the Zoomers, like, dude, so many guys were like 20, 21, 22, hitting me up, being like, dude, I, you know, I have $250,000 right now. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, you're going to be a fucking millionaire by the time this you is mean over. And like, at all time high, they hit you up and said this. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, dude, you're I'm so fucking proud of you, little fuckers. Like, dude, guys were dropping out of college to stack sats and like partially my account. You know, I was encouraging them. So like when it broke through, I was like, yes, total and complete vindication for everybody. I mean, it's kind of funny because this makes me wonder, like, are we like some like revolutionary vanguard who like we're, we're like out like linking up with the plebarians like to like 
you don't understand like you've been fucked by the central bank and like here's how we fuck them back like, what do you mean are we of course we yeah. are it's 100 well, percent what's going on and like it's amazing because like i think it's funny like like people are like hey there's this like innocuous like bitcoin thing like it's stupid it's like each time like they start looking at it they're like huh maybe this is dangerous it was funny actually i had an old friend from like 10 years ago from when i knew him college and the last time i saw him was at his dad's funeral in, in 2013 it was like right when i was starting to get into it and so he knew that i knew stuff about it and he reached back out to me and like we're really good friends so like i just or i like shoved the orange pill in his mouth hard and was like fucking swallow and he did you know i was like you don't understand like this is about taking over the entire financial establishment about destroying central banks ability to control wealth and money like it all has cryptography and shit baked into it like it changes everything and he was just like okay like i just i took that all in it was a lot i was like go like go do all your fucking reading come back to me with, with whatever objections you have i will destroy them and then we will move forward and he's got like money too, so he'll he'll be able to to take care of himself. But I thought it was interesting. He he was the the real indicator to me that came out of the woodwork that like the conversation has changed entirely because he has like a master's yeah. in finance and like that's that's how he makes all his money. And so the fact that he's been real interested was a, a good signal to me. Well, Robert will probably back me on this, but like you know sometimes people are uh, bristly towards Sailor and his like Trojan horse narratives where he's like you know basically don't worry about it like wall street's just going to need to do this and that yada yada and his comments never bother me because like stuff like digital gold is an amazing amazing trojan horse narrative because like do we all really believe that all bitcoin is is digital gold not even for a fucking second dude that barely describes what it is like inside digital gold is the complete destruction of the state so if you want to buy yourself some digital gold we're more than happy to accommodate you yeah, I totally agree. I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel like swarming him based on those comments. One, because I know he's a super smart guy, super savvy. He's coming at it from a vastly different perspective than many of us. He has to, you know, he has to be a little bit more considerate about what he says. And I think you're right in that assessment. Like, I think he knows, he knows what this is all about, but he knows that, you know, it is a Trojan horse and it matters kind of how you position it right now. And I, I, I don't think he's stupid. He, uh, like, I think he's savvy to that. So. I Here's the way I see it, uh, and like, he 100% gets it. There's no question about that. Anyone yeah. that thinks he doesn't get it doesn't understand him and how smart he is. I love this description of it, that uh, being quiet in the Trojan horse. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Yeah. yeah he's exactly. being quiet in the Trojan horse. That's a good strategy, right? Yeah, you can't argue with that. You don't need to spray it all over. Yeah, what Bitcoin's going to do. Like, we can do that. You can be about that if you want, but you're not being quiet in the Trojan horse. So he's just being a smart guy, I think. Yeah, Parabolic Trav had a tweet about it where he was like, guys, it's important to be quiet while you're in the horse. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like these awesome. details of the Trojan horse, they go deeper and deeper and deeper into the story in like really profound ways too. Because <laughs> like the Greeks, they, they built the horse and like left it on the beach and they like abandoned one of their own dudes there and like planted him for the Trojans to come. And then when they were like, why is this horse here? They were like, oh, like, he was like the Greeks built this to the gods, and they like built it to be like so big and so amazing <laughs> that you could never ever get it inside of Troy. And like at that point, like their own priest was like, "Wait, hang on, like this is a trap," which is like, uh, 
who's fucking the the bald shithead Schumer, Chuck Schumer? Like he gets it. Yeah. He knows like what Bitcoin's doing. That's like Chuck Schumer. He's like, no, it's a trap. <laughs> and then like as that happens, uh, Athena like sent two serpents to like eat this dude, Lacone and his children. Yeah. And at this point, the Trojans were like, oh, shit. Like, this is a message from the gods that we're, like, supposed to take it into Troy. And they're totally right. It was a message from the gods to take it in Troy. Just not their gods. It was the Greek gods. You know? And, like, that's literally what's going on right now. Is that's... Like, get, get the blockchain in the state, quick. And exactly. then we'll celebrate. That's what, <laughs> hubris, that's what hubris does. Hubris always dooms you. It always dooms you, right? So it's like, hey... If you guys want to co-op Bitcoin, be our guest. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But guys, like, we just want to tell you, it's so big and so powerful. You'll never actually do it, but go ahead. This the hubris discussion makes me think of the Zeitgeist guy that we were arguing with the past twenty-four hours on Twitter. Brutal. Just like I know everything about Bitcoin. You are all children. (laughs) Would bow at my feet. I'm like, how is this guy? taking himself seriously and yeah. like the 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 crash of that arrogance is going to be so devastating at some point it probably already uh, is a, i mean he's I a he's a commie he's a communist too so yeah. yeah like i don't i don't think any i don't know if like I, i'm sure a lot of us saw the original zeitgeist movie and mm-hmm. at the time like it certainly uh you know fostered a lot of curiosity and led me down a few directions to like really figure out what was going on in some of those domains but for a long time, the, the types of things he's been espousing have been like basically like techno utopian socialist communist bullshit like that. Yeah, he's um, he's a fan of he's a fan of that uh, Venus Project guy, which is, is like is it's he not, still? Yeah, it's not rooted in reality, dude. Like that's not going to work. We have to like we have to fix all the incentives, right? You can't yeah. just like be like, hey guys, be good, and you know, that's and not, all this that's, fancy tech stuff is going to make life abundant yeah, and easy. It doesn't work. I mean, that's what is rising on the left, that tech utopia idea, which is actually a tech dystopia, which is that AI is going to make all our lives better. And it's going to make make your life better by fucking controlling you. And it's like that, but dude, and then the pandemic has shown that people want to be controlled. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. It's like half the people are really aligned with the freedom narrative, like basically the Republican side of things. And then half the people are really aligned with this techno utopian garbage. And that's just going to be the fight of the next decade. Maybe the next, maybe the century. We'll see how long it goes. The thing that I talked a lot about, just the the fourth, like talking with Brandon about the fourth turning thing. I haven't read that book yet, but old saying, good times, blah, 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 the whole cycle, right? People, the way I'm looking at it now is like human beings are just emergent properties of the systems they operate within. So to sit here and be like, uh, these people are going to want it one way or these people are going to want it another, like it's not even relevant almost because the system itself yeah. is developed structurally over time and it reshapes the nature of the people within it. And I, um, fully, I fully buy that 100%. And yeah, we just have a lot of soft people today because we've had this over reaching nanny state just protecting them from the real world right protecting them from the entropy of nature but also abusing them at the same time and i think yeah. as this sovereign individual thesis plays out you're just going to see a lot of natural selection shake that out that's not going to be an effective survival strategy going forward think about covid man would we have operated this way in mass i mean we didn't you know i don't think any of us did but like 
would the herd have operated this way in mass uh, for H1N1 or for SARS? No, this is a, a social media hysteria induced by smartphones. So mm -hmm. that's a hundred percent to Robert's point. I mean, like this, this shit goes super deep too, because they, like we, we don't really have much of an appreciation of like how much data output we generate in addition to like how many little pushes there are kind of all around in addition to like the, the way that our society has evolved at this point, like we're, we're like really captured pretty far down inside this beast. And again, like to, to me, like that's one of the things that makes Bitcoin messianic is that like, if we're at this point in time in history and we didn't have something like Bitcoin, like I would think we were sincerely fucked. But like, even with as deep as we are into this thing, you know, we have this incredibly powerful weapon that because of how complicated and convoluted and like this whole dance is beautiful. Like I, I'm starting to really love DeFi and how much that has pulled away the flack, confused the other, the motherfucking shit out of people. And it's made it so hard to decipher what's going on that by the time you get to the bottom and get it, like you're also converted about it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that's such a powerful feature that is like of total necessity because like, if you really get what's going on at the bottom and like you're, you know, you're part of this insane communist bureaucratic structure, you're going to flip the fuck out because you're going to realize that that this thing's going to come and it's not only is it going to eat your system, but it's going to change everything in this really radical way that doesn't let that other system of power come back. This is, man, this goes so fucking deep. I mean, this is why Bitcoin has changed all of us is because we are living inside the new emergent order before everybody else. So it's like we do live and inhabit an entirely new reality, right? So it's like, it just, it's fucking crazy, dude. It just reshapes every part of your life. I mean, five years ago, uh, or no, six years ago, when I got into Bitcoin, I was an entirely different person than I am today. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. My, I tried to, my wife and I have talked a little bit about this because I think this was a part around the all-time high and we were just appreciating. I was like, oh, like, thank Thank you, God, like so much for giving Satoshi Nakamoto the inspiration to like do this thing. Like, thank you. And I was like, who, like, who would I even be without Bitcoin? She was like, A, like, I don't want to fucking think about that at all. It would be bad. <laughs> and she was like, B, she was, and then she was like, yeah, like, I actually can't like speculate at all because of how much this has changed you and who you are. Right. And that's my great hope, actually, is that to see Bitcoin change people so rapidly. It's like you can look around the world and you see all these sheeple, right? Just blindly following whatever the state tells them, wearing the mask, et cetera, et cetera. But I hold out a lot of hope that that can change very quickly. In the course of even five, seven, 10 years, people can change dramatically just by interacting yeah. with it. Yeah. That's one, so one year. One yeah. year. Look at them this yeah. year compared to how they were last year. You know, well, that's right. why I'll be, I, I joke often, like, what the fuck do we even look like at the next having? Because like, I know, like, we, we self-selected to be a little bit further on the timeline just to be here now and, and, you know, ahead of other people. But, like, I've changed a bunch. I know you guys have changed in different ways. Like, four years from now, especially what's going to be condensed into those four years, you know, what kind of changes will we experience and what kind of people will we be at that time? But, to, like, Rob, to share your sentiment there, you know, when you figure out that the world is basically, you know, a dumpster fire, you you know, you feel like, holy fuck, how does this get turned around? And ultimately, it's all just behavior. And what you get is the emergent 
you know, property of all that behavior taken together and you get the institutions and you get the outcomes and whatever. And you think like, well, how, the, how can we turn that around? Like those people that are so hopelessly down the opposite direction, how do you turn it around? And like, you know, earlier in my life, I thought psychedelics had some hope, but still like, what are you gonna do? Nail people down, shove 10 grams of mushrooms in their mouth mm -hmm. and like lock them in a dark room and be like, I'll see you in five hours. Hopefully you're a different yeah. person. You know, that's just not practical. But now we have this thing where greed is attached to it. And that, I mean, that, that's the key. It's, that's what sucks in so many people. And then you just, by virtue of the fact of it being almost literally a part of you now, uh, that it's the, the changes start to transform you like from the outside in almost without your uh, like awareness of it, which is rad and amazing. And, you know, Bitcoin among other things, because of the way that it, it pulls on so many different things, like it delivers, once you start to understand it, and understand the tangential things around it, like you develop a heightened sense of clarity of just about how things work and are and human behavior and all of that, you know, the matrix and that metaphor. Um, and that's, you know, that, that can be jarring for people, but it can also be so, you know, I think that's why we get a lot of the, that the language around sight and illumination and stuff in, in religious language you know, because to, to be able to see with clarity is almost like a divine sort of thing. And I'm, you know, I'm not making the, not saying that like Bitcoin makes you divine, but just like seeing reality as, as clearly and as truthfully as possible is a transformative thing. And I think whatever process underpins that, I think that's at least part of what's going on. Like when people start to see this shit, you can't help but be, be transformed by it. And we see example after yeah. example of that. Listen, John's not saying that it makes you divine, but but I am because <laughs> I walk I walk through the gates of Valhalla with Satoshi as my guide, and uh, I fe I feel that energy every day. Maybe Saint Hodel someday for all those people that you shamed into stacking hard during the 2018-19 bear market that are now kings. They build structures to celebrate you. This this piggybacks uh, Mark Mark Cuban's comments where he was calling us a, a religion, but where he had it wrong is he thinks we're like a doomsday cult, and we're not. We're an opti we're an optimistic, futuristic techno utopian cult. Bitcoin builds the real techno utopia. Well, Who says you can't have it? Of course you can have a techno utopia. Hang on, I, mm -hmm. I I do want to clarify. It is an apocalyptic cult insofar that the apocalypse is about having a dramatic challenge with with an evil entity, i.e., the state. You know, in addition to, mm. I, I do think that there are sincerely uh, astrological features about Bitcoin and so far that like, once we start utilizing this cryptography in such a way, like nothing can break that like that, you know, and that's like thousands of years out in the future with like crazy alien fucking technology too. And to me, like that's, that's like, to me, like this is the fundamental moment that humanity establishes itself as being capable of reorganizing around true principles and it's like really really fucking exciting mm. and it's funny because we keep like kicking the tires being like is it real like mm. like could it yeah. actually be this extraordinary yeah I that's think the so. number one that's the number one private conversation or question <clears throat> bitcoin bitcoiners ask each other like how are we wrong that's what people don't get they think we all drank yeah. the kool-aid or something you know i would love to find out how i'm wrong but right. six years every day interrogating it every day haven't found it yet. The most adversarial thinkers in the world, right, are in this space, all asking themselves that question first and foremost, because we have 
400 billion worth of market cap to defend, right? And an ideology that supports that or, or religion, whatever you want to call it. And it's the amazing thing to me about it is Bitcoin is this, it's like an incentive vortex, right? So once I came to understand the game theoretic aspects and how it's inescapable, essentially, just by pursuing self-interest, you end up in Bitcoin. You can't avoid that. And that is so Darwinian and so unavoidable that it just makes Bitcoin seemingly inevitable. Um, but it's a, a vortex that realigns us to the other point towards truth, right? I've talked about truth a lot of different ways, but one description I picked up recently from Sailor, actually, who's put this whole new engineering lens on it, is that truth is energy conservation, right? It's the first law of thermodynamics. It's like whatever you can accomplish, it, it's productivity. If you can accomplish greater results with less effort, that is the optimal strategy, essentially. And so the institutions, the individuals, the organisms that adopt and respect that first principle of thermodynamics tend to outcompete over time. And that's what Bitcoin is, right? We're just, we've realigned ourselves towards incentives that induce cooperation, reduce frictions to interaction. So it, it, it allows humanity to operate more like one harmonious force instead of this, this infighting, tribal, disparate, um, this group of people. So it just, it blows my effing mind. And then on the, 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 the divinity side, I would argue, like, it doesn't matter if you believe guy in the sky, God, or, or guy with a pitchfork, Satan, if you just believe that everyone has their own inner demons, right? We all have these things that are wrong with us. If you don't believe that you're arrogant and wrong. I mean, I've seen it in my own life. Bitcoin purged me of that. And I've seen it in others' lives. So call that what you want, divine, therapeutic. Um, it's what do you something think, What do you think was going on there? Like to say that it purged you of, let's say your impulses that negative impulses or destructive impulses or evil impulses for lack of a better term. What, how, what's the process there where Bitcoin helps you purge yourself of those things? I think the general... Like it, you know, we say lowering your time preference, you could say increasing your horizon of understanding everything that's happening around you. It really humbles the shit out of you, right? You're zooming out and seeing the world in such a larger and larger way. And you see that everyone's important. Everyone's an important part of it, but we're also insignificant at the same time. So it, it induces you to want to make Probably. your life others, right? Uh, and then I guess getting into that and getting into the morality, it's just like, it, it's, it's where people find meaning in life. It's, in a nutshell, the meaning of life for people, at least is people helping people. That's where you find the most enjoyment, find um, the most meaning. And so somehow Bitcoin, by pointing our incentives toward a broader time horizon, it also induces us to be more selfless and more legacy focused, I guess. Dude, it's and all of it's that actually, will cleanse you. It's actually crazy because it does kind of seem like throughout Bitcoin's history, because okay, there's only two things you can do with power and money and power are on opposite sides of a razor thin membrane, right? Like they're, they're basically the same thing. And you can either make people's make others' lives better with power, or you can make others' lives worse. And it seems like thus far. 
Bitcoin has successfully jettisoned every single actor who wanted to use power to make others' lives worse. They on different projects in Ethereum. Uh, it, you know, Jihan Wu, we got rid of him for Bcash. People that have wanted to co-op this network, people who have wanted to fud it, you know, people who have wanted to destroy it. Hmm. It destroys them. I mean, this thing is the sun. That's mm -hmm. how blinding and bright the power of the truth is. And every single person who flies towards it ends up Icarusing themselves, right? right? And I think that just that just speaks to the the fundamental power of it. And for me, I just when I interact with something that's that pure, that multi, you know, it's, it basically opens up an entirely new dimension for humanity. Uh, I just fall down to my knees and fucking worship that thing because <laughs> it's it's beyond it's above me, you know. I mean to. To me, it's given me the sense of security that like I didn't I didn't realize that there there was always like this tension and ill at ease because, you know, you guys have read my shit like I'm pretty inflammatory to the state and I expect them to like <laughs> want to like hunt me down at some point. Uh, and like like that always scared me. But like once I had Bitcoin, I was able to like relax into it because like now now there's like this true sense of security, but also like there isn't this like prattle and paranoia of like, I have to like gather up as many of the fucking fiat dollars as I can because it could all evaporate as soon as, as, as possible. And I have to get all my investment schemes or else it could all go away, you know? And it's just nice to be like, like my Bitcoin is mine. There will only be 21 million ever. Nobody will ever fucking change that. Yeah. And so like, well, that's a, you know, that's a great point about fear because it's so fundamental to so many things and it guides so much of our behavior. And, you know, I think fear and insecurity is the foundation of a lot of the egotistical behavior and stuff we see out in the world today and in ourselves. <clears throat> and to have something that assuages fear so much, probably for many reasons, but one of which being that it's, it is that, that constant, that, that form of certainty that you can rely on into the future that you know is going to be you know there for you for the purpose that you're relying on it for and like i don't i can't think of and sp and in addition to that the attributes and the qualities that it has and the 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 behaviors that it allows for and to know that you'll be able to have access to those behaviors effectively into the future i feel like brings down your anxiety and your fear regarding the uncertainty and the chaos of the future dramatically. And then, so what, what, what happens then when you're a less fearful, less anxious person? Well, a lot of stuff happens internally, you know, things start to change about, you know, how you do everything, how you engage with other people, how you engage with your work, how you manage your time, your perception of yourself, your arrogance, your egotism, your humor, like it can pull on all that stuff because fear is so fundamental. So you, you tweak that a little bit or grossly, and you, you're going to see probably fairly significant higher order effects, you know, from that. And I think, you know, we're, what we're talking about here has so many variables, but, I, you know, it seems like that's one of them. Man, I, I'm, I keep thinking about that point uh, that Robert said about energy conservation and then tying it to what you just said about fear being the mind killer. And if you think about it, when you're like, let's say, a small mammal on the grasslands and you're looking at the grass moving, you're trying, you're doing threat detection because your brain's a pattern recognition filter and you're trying to figure out, is there a predator that's going to kill me? So I need to really understand the way the grass moves because I got two options. If it's a false positive, I'm going to split and waste a bunch of energy. Uh, or if it's a real predator, then it's necessary to split, right? And when you get so good at pattern detection that you like find 
you can see the truth clearly, like what is a predator and what is just grass blowing in the wind. Uh, if you could be in a place where you had perfect, perfect signal, where all around you, you knew that there were no predators mm -hmm. and it was all just the wind blowing grass, that's the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And far more uh, energy conservation, I think, is the point exactly. there, right? It's, like you're it's, not it's wastefully perfect. Expanding. Yeah, it's perfect energy conservation. Mm. And in That's the great. sphere of economics, we've actually disincentivized economic predation, right? Because now you can't steal from people through inflation. You can't really wow. violently steal it. So we, we've, we have this very predator and prey dynamic in the, in the existing economic system, and Bitcoin pulls us out of that. It, it, it's the most, like I argued in that almost brilliant idea that gold was actually one of the most civilizing forces we ever had because it gave us this form of wealth that we could store and it reduced incentives to violence actually, but the, the incentive still existed because if you could raise a big army and go and conquer one of these big centralized gold custodians, you could steal their wealth. But Bitcoin takes it to even another level. It's like, even if you had central banks running on Bitcoin standard, Germany invades Poland, they go and raid their central bank, they're probably not getting their Bitcoin, right? So it's, it's, it's crazy how it, human, the, this, it feels like Bitcoin is the first technology with human nature as one of its core operating components. And not only is that influencing how Bitcoin operates, but it influences human nature as well as reflexivity between the two. And that's how we're describing all these changes in our life. And yeah, we, we get... We get so complicated and confused and we think things are so tricky, but really it's just these base level instincts that are running everything, right? Like think, I was thinking the other day about the um, psychological barriers and I was like, why do we have psychological barriers in, in terms of price? It doesn't make sense to me. And they're always fives and tens. Why is that? Because mm -hmm. we have five fucking fingers, with 10 fucking <laughs> fingers. You know what I mean? It's that stupid. It really is that stupid. Yeah, to, to extend the the reptile and the, the tall grass or whatever metaphor, and what Robert was saying, I mean, if you think of, of Bitcoin creating, you know, the, their perception is, you know, pristine in terms of uh, what you were describing for like a, a true positive and a false positive, like the data they're getting is pristine so that when they expend energy, it's it's how they should expend it. It's almost certain to be an accurate, you know, expenditure of, of energy. Whereas in this system that we have now, all you have is false signal or not all you have, but like there's so much false signal. And think about that from the perspective of the reptile. Let's say it's got, you know, instead of one pristine, you know, seeing the landscape pristinely, it's got a hundred different signals coming at it and, you know, very difficult to determine which one what? is, is the truthful one. Mm -hmm. And so what does that do to him? I mean, it confuses them. It saps them of their energy. It, it robs them of their like gusto and get going. You know, they contract into themselves, be out of the confusion, out of the oppression of the situation and the circumstance and the environment. I mean, what the fuck do we have going on in the yeah. world today to many degrees? I mean, it's exactly that. Dude, it people generates, think... okay. it de degenerates their evolution too, because they're pumping their body with cortisol. It's going to shorten their life. It shortens their ability to allocate resources towards evolving, right? So it, it there's hardly anything more dissipative to the advancement of life than constant fear and fear is a product of the unknown. So the more clarity we can have in our systems, the less fear we have, right? And that's what Bitcoin is. It's the ultimate known of money. You take the, un the uncertainty and the entropy out of money.
And everybody thinks uh, it's fight or flight, right? But there's actually a third option, which is freeze. And when you do overwhelm uh, a, you know, a being, basically a sentient being, they do go into freeze because they have nothing left to do. When fight or flight is useless, what are you going to do? Just freeze up. Live a well, life like, of quiet desperation, basically. Like, think about how many people you've told over the years, you know, buy Bitcoin, like do it, do it, you know, and, and they do, they can't do it. They just like can't find the result. Like it's too, you know, they're excuse, it's too risky. I don't, I don't have enough. Like, uh. and to me, like that's part of what this entire system is about is like to to make you believe like you're so fucking stupid that like you can't make a decision for yourself about what's in front of you, and like you have to believe all this third party nonsense that you're given about equities or bonds or the stock market or whatever bullshit they feed you. And I think like. A, first of all, that's part of how this system is designed to keep us oppressed is that it tries to tell us how wrong we are about stuff. And like, having been here since 2013 watching this, like, like fuck all these people. The fact that they've been saying it's wrong for this long and like, like, like how does someone like Peter Schiff even live with himself? Like he, he like <laughs> that dude has fucking screwed so many people out of so much money because he, of the, the nonsensical propaganda bullshit that he pushes I mean, it's fucked up and it's really, it's really mean and unfortunate that people listen to him. Like, I sincerely want to know, at what price point do you just shut the fuck up and crawl into your hole and leave us all alone? Because you're clearly a moron or a scammer. Those are your two options because you've been around Bitcoin for so long that you're either that fucking dumb and you can't get this or you're so invested in your own shit show of a gold bug garbage that you know the truth about what this thing is doing and you're preventing people from doing that because you're invested in it and you're a fucking crook. So Dude. I'm sorry, I, no, I didn't intend on going that hard on Peter Love Schiff. it, love <laughs> it. You know, and on the opposite side, like fucking being at the all time highlight, congratulations guys. Like we fucking help people yeah. make some great decisions about their personal wealth and what to do with it and how to take control and sovereignty over it. And, and Unfortunately, my non-alcoholic beer is empty, so I'll go get another one in another minute. But yeah, I just want to say fucking rock on, guys. It's like, I love that we've never met in meat space, but you guys are like these brothers that I have. And it'll be cool when we do meet in person and we'll celebrate around the bonfire. It'll be good. It'll be good. Sure. Dude, yeah. Peter Schiff has had to do videos where he's uh, apologizing to his investors, where he's like, just hang on. You know, gold's going to come back. I'm so sorry. You know, yada, yada. I don't do that. I pop fucking bottles and I'm like, woo, let's do this shit. <laughs> you know, speaking about uh, both all time highs and this kind of uh, how people are changed by being involved in this thing, when the price is ripping like that and having Bitcoin is such a, it becomes a part of you, not just because it changes you, changes you so much, but because it literally, you know, you can take it with you without, you can take it naked across a border, right? So it's, it really is a part of you as much as your memory or your, your consciousness is. And when the price is ripping like that and knowing that you're the exchange value contained within you, let's say, on the, on the global market, the optionality of the resources that you have within you that you can commit to exchange is shooting through the roof. I like, I'm sure I'm not speaking for myself when I say that sensation is somewhat intoxicating. It's powerful. Like it's at the very least palpable. And like, do you guys 
feel that as well? Like just to know that, I don't know, it's, uh, yeah, let's say, let's say somewhat intoxicating and not, I'm not thinking about like, oh, all the stuff I can buy with it, but just to know that something integrated into me is becoming greater at its job because it's developing more and more optionality on the market. And that's like, it's, it affects my heart rate, probably my skin temperature, all that kind of stuff at times, right? When things are really going crazy. What do you, what, what do you guys have to say about that? I think, um, you know, the, the logos is our defining quality, right? This inviolable principle of reason that no one can take away, you know, the, um, Victor Frankl called it the final human freedom. The fact that we've integrated money into that, the divine spark within humanity, that's something interesting to think about. Like you can just put this thing in your brain and, you know, take it wherever. Um, it sort of the sort of speaks to the the connection between man and machine in a way. It's like you can now integrate yourself into Bitcoin, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't spend enough time on thinking just how bananas that is. That you can take a market tradable good in your mind and deploy it, you know, pretty much anywhere on Earth uh, to in exchange for whatever you know you need in the market. And that nobody can corrupt that relationship or do anything to it. I mean, it's, yeah, like you were just saying, I mean, if that's a very fundamental relationship and to think that Bitcoin is additive to that relationship in some ways, insane. I mean, it's another I, way of the, I, um, I, I was going to say, like, I, I really think part of this is, is like, I think Bitcoin is this incredible linguistic phenomenon that's like merged cryptography and language into like a single entity. So like now that you have your sacred 24 words, like, like that is your like literal fucking prayer to God. Like you have 24 specific words. Like I've actually thought about wanting to build a, a cryptographic suite that like uses specific words and then you can like tuck that in like a poem that you like memorize or some shit. Um, but I think because like we're now interacting with this, uh, like super language object that can only speak in truth and like we can only access that truth through verifying ourselves with like our sacred 24 words like upon our sacred validation it's like ah you truly are Eric like let me into your wallet like now what shall we do you know and <laughs> and like I, I sincerely think that it's messianic because like the other thing is is like if this works out this thing's gonna not only is it going to change the entire face of the planet in this really radical and powerful way, but also like this is what gets us out into space and becomes like the very first artifact of like some civilization in Alpha Centauri is like they like the first thing that happened was they used this thing and we can like do all of this archaeology like looking at it. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too high. For no, no, no. <laughs> you're just you're just you're just the right amount of high. You know, fucking. I dude. I Bitcoin is Bitcoin is so powerful. The trip is the yeah. It's more it's more powerful than DMT. It's a longer release, right? But like, it's more psychedelic in nature than uh, the times I've done extremely hardcore psychedelics, right? And like, it's so crazy that it. And it destroys the fabric of my reality so much that I I honestly think I'm gonna wake up in fucking Rick's workshop and be like, ah, Rick, what did you do to me? Like I'm in a fucking Rick and Morty episode, and this was all a fucking dream because it sounds too fucking good to be true. And it's oh man, it's like 
I, I honestly feel like privileged. Like if like we're not lucky because we got into Bitcoin early, but I feel super fucking lucky to be here. Like and and steward this thing and you know just be a part of it, just be an observer. Oh man, my life was gonna suck so much. Without <laughs> I, like and like not because like the content of my life sucks, but like. I'm just like a morose and kind of intense in person. And like, if I didn't have this like object of hope to like celebrate, like, dude, like it was, cause like, I think I've shared before that like I had this really bad intense and depression before finding Bitcoin. And like, I think I would have just like gone down that fucking hole and like, I don't know where that ended. So they're like the best times are just when like I'm wandering around by myself and I just, I just stop and I'm just like, oh, thank you so, so much yeah. for, for like, you know, because like in 2013 too, I like yellowed hard into this shit. And I remember my mom was like, she was like really concerned. She was like, Eric, like you're, you're like just getting back on your feet. And like, you have this great job at the bank where you have to fucking, uh, it was a nightmare. But she was like, what, like why would you want to leave for like a Bitcoin company? Like what's wrong? What's wrong, Eric? And I'm like, no, mom, like it, the Bitcoin's like the future of the internet and it uses cryptography and you know, like you need to have, look at how all these things connect. And she was like, yeah, like this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, but that's, that's a, that's an exceptionally, you know, important point because I think a lot of people in the Bitcoin space, they, you know, were, the curious type, the somewhat anti-establishment type and a bunch of other things, but that led them to be outsiders to a certain degree. Now you can still be an outsider and be successful, but a lot of outsiders probably didn't, weren't as congruent or jive as much with their, the world that they perceived as they wanted to. And that meant that some of their energy, some of their enthusiasm, some of their get up and go was restrained. And so they probably didn't blossom into the person that they are capable of becoming or you know, access mo most of their potential. And what I think Bitcoin is doing or has done and can, you know, the, the story continues to unfold, but it's this thing that dropped in on the world. And for all those people, it was like, now the world actually makes sense. Like I can see how this all works now. And not only that, I can see how it can be way fucking better from what we had before this thing. And so what I, you know, what I think is happening is not just that like Bitcoiners are becoming rich and because in society, if you're rich, you know, you get the seal of approval and you can say, fuck you to everyone who doubted you, but it, you know, you're actually becoming, it, it's a, it's a man, it's a result of becoming a person who's actually in far greater congruence with their perception of the world and therefore have developed access to that energy and that potential that they have within them and can deploy it you know, willingly and enthusiastically. And that nets out people that are happy, successful, stable, you know, fulfilled, blah, 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 blah. And those are the types of people that even in the legacy shitstorm of a world that we're, we're coming out of, uh, were worthy of and often received accolades and respect and, and praise and that kind of stuff. So, and I think that's what happened to a lot of Bitcoiners. It's not just like, oh, you were always a loser, but you, but you got into Bitcoin and now you're rich. And so you were still, you know, it, it's more than just you're rich now and that's your seal of approval. It's you're now engaging in the world on, on terms that make sense to you. And that's just unlocking a ton of drive to go forward and, and, and push it, lean into that. And that's, that, that's part of the transformation that we see in people in this space. And it's amazing. Dude, I, 
it goes back to the energy conservation point. I, I had to lie so much. I had to lie all the time to myself, to other people. I just had to spend all my time lying. And it's the worst. It, man, it almost made me fucking lose myself. Like mm -hmm. in, pers in pursuit of what? Like evaporating fucking fake currency. And I had mm -hmm. never, I was so embarrassed when I, when I fucking, I had never thought to question the dogma. I didn't even know why I was trading all my time for these pieces of paper and what they were worth and how they were formed. I didn't know. I just thought I was doing the right things. And then I was, I'm just embarrassed, man, for myself and for, and I felt weak. I, you know, I look back on myself like a weak coward, but I just didn't have the truth is what Robert was saying about like emergent systems. I just was plugged into the wrong matrix and I did not have the ability uh, to go it alone. I would have been destroyed in that system without a tool as powerful as Bitcoin to help me. Yeah, that's the, that's a great point that pursuing, premising your life on the pursuit of false money causes you to have a false character, right? Like not, I used to feel this too in business, everything felt scammy. Every, like even yeah. a deal 100%. that you're doing, like a normal, like I, I ran a trade show company for a while. It's like every fucking interaction was a little slimy. It's like you're trying to squeak a little bit. And it just always felt bad to me, but I thought at some point you just become desensitized to it and think that's just the way it is. That's just the business world, quote unquote. Um, and also the self-delusion, right? Like for me, it was freedom is I can do whatever I want. Like that's what free, like I could just give it whatever I want to do. Like that's fucking self-deluded, frankly. Like if you think that's all freedom is, like you just get to go and do whatever you want, it's like your life is gonna be fucking meaningless and you're gonna have an empty, you're gonna be an empty shell of a human. And Bitcoin just flips that whole thing on its head where it's like, it's not about you, right? It's like, you wanna feel fulfilled in life, you need to be focused on others. And it reduces your self-consciousness, reduces your anxiety, reduces your self-delusion, you know, call, almost forces you to look at these dark parts of yourself and do something about it. And I, I mean, if it was just me going through this, I might be thinking I'm, I've joined a cult, right? I drink the Kool-Aid, but this is people reporting it from different angles and different ways, all unique to the flavor of their own life. So it's like you, at some point you have to listen to that market signal, like just the same yeah. way we're looking at the Bitcoin price, like we're right. I'm also looking at the lives of other Bitcoiners and like, I'm right. Like something really profound is going on here. Well, and this goes to Eric, uh, what Eric was talking about, about his sister is the minute you stand tall in the world, you know, like Peterson says, like, put your fucking shoulders back. Like people want you back in the box. <laughs> it makes them hasn't been unplugged as, a, as an agent, right? It's perfect. It makes them really, un it makes them so uncomfortable, you know, to see you yeah. succeeding. It, you're, well, dude, Eric, Eric, your sister would like it better if you were depressed, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, we, we have our own unique history, yeah. but I, I think it's so interesting. Like the, I think there's these two really important key moments for, for Bitcoiners that like are about creating confidence and esteem. And like the first one is like buying your first actual Bitcoin, whatever amount, and like taking that like quote unquote risk. And that like you get to watch it, it does whatever it does for you. And then the second step is, is like when you convert all the way and you like put all of your wealth or a significant portion of your wealth in it. And, and you really do that because both of those stages are representative of this 
esteem, confidence, uh, and like self-knowledge that's assured enough to like take on that like quote unquote risk. And like, you know, it's funny that, that people talk about it. And like to us, like everything else on the planet is way more risky than Bitcoin because we understand what's going on here. And it's hilarious that I can go to a bank and be like, check it out. I have like a, an equal amount of Bitcoin that I could get for this loan. And, you know, can, can you lend it to me? And they're like, whoa, no way. Like, that's a crazy risky asset. And it's like, <laughs> no, like what's a crazy risky asset is, you know, you telling me that there's this bond that I'm going to like get the value back in 10 years, which is just like a fucking lie, obviously. So I just, I think... I think those two processes of like esteem taking on risk and like realizing the risk that the state and a system tells you is fundamentally different from what's actually subjectively true for yourself. Yeah, I know we all get probably get reached out to from a variety of people, but like I have a habit of recording long ass conversations with random people from Twitter and many of which I don't publish. And that's why I'm so hung up on this piece about people being transformed by this because like I, I get the full on detail of like the intricacies of people's lives on a regular basis and how it's changed. And it's, it's nothing short of remarkable. Um, but, it, and it's also why, because you, then you've got this bifurcation of worlds, the one that makes sense, the one that I agree with, the one that sets me on fire, the one that's in line with my principles and values and morals and ethics, the one I really want to fucking lean into and this shitty fucking one that none of that is the case. And I'd want to spend, I want to spend as little amount of time as that one as I possibly can. And so there's this huge uh, yearning to like work in Bitcoin, be involved in Bitcoin in some way, contribute to Bitcoin, which is, which is amazing and natural. And I think that, you know, that's when we were talking about like, how does this thing get turned around? I think that process that you just articulated, Eric, of like first getting in, you got your little bit of Bitcoin, you're, you're kind of, you've got skin in the game. And then you start to get a, a flavor for all this. You start to see, you start to read, you know, the, the great works that both of you guys have put out and all the other great content. And you, that becomes clear. And you just, you like, you want to contribute, contribute your time for free if necessary. And you, you, and I think that's going to ignite so much in the space because when number go up and when that money, more companies and products and services and money comes into the space, Naturally, entrepreneurship will happen. Companies will be built, all that kind of stuff. And there'll be a legion of people just waiting to go into those companies. And those companies are going to wreck house because not only are they in the right industry uh, at the right time, and they got all these fire people there. Like, you know, obviously some people won't work out or whatever, but way more than a natural average are going to be so committed to the cause and grateful to be working in the space. It's, you know, that's part of the Renaissance piece, right? When, that, you know, when you get that people that have that perspective and that attitude engaging in something that they're really, that they, that they have a ton of, derive a ton of meaning from. Like that's so core that I'm not saying Bitcoin is your meaning, but I think it goes a long way to illuminating the path to whatever, you know, you feel that the, the, the primary forms of meaning in your life are, if it's not Bitcoin as well. Um, and you lean into that and I think you get, really amazing you know unprecedented results uh, of that not least of which is a lot of people that are happy with their lives and you know and content and part of strong communities and strong families and that's what's that's what's going on here you fast forward 100 years and you got fucking renaissance shit 
And these are the best fucking people, man. It's it's almost like it's so funny. I could I could almost quit Bitcoin, but I could never quit Bitcoiners. Like yeah. all the all the revolutionary spirits and like-minded individuals from across the fucking world, it, they're here. And like number go up is great. And we all know we're going to a million and 10, and then it's just gonna keep fucking rolling, right? And like I'm so excited for that, but I'm not excited because I'm gonna be rich and sit in my big mansion and drive my Lamborghini. I'm excited because I know all the people who wanna change the world and we're all going to have the tools and resources available to fucking do it. And so like the conversations that we're gonna have together, like whether we go it alone or we group up on projects and there will be, I'm sure there will be different sects. This group of Bitcoiners doing this, this group of Bitcoiners doing this, this individual's doing this, this individual's doing that. I'm just so fucking excited for everything that all of you fuckers are gonna do. You know what I mean? And I know that you're not gonna let me down because we're all in this together and I can just see it. I Every time I look into another Bitcoiner's eyes, I'm just like, this is a fucking dude who would go, the, or a girl who would go the fucking distance with me. Like this is a person who's fucking ride or die, who doesn't like give a shit and who's smart and capable and talented and is the, like, all these people are the best people in their geographic location. And they all hang out on Twitter with us all day long and talk shit and shit posts and make, like, dude, you can't, you can't fucking, the onslaught, when you talk shit on Bitcoin, the onslaught that comes at you, no one can defend against it. Here's what you do. It's like meeting God. You either drop dead right away, you fucking become a convert and you immediately go to our religion you block everyone on Twitter like Keaton McCollum or, or you or you become a total heretic like Peter Schiff, right? There are no other options for you because you cannot withstand this shit. Like Bitcoiners are fucking, we're everywhere, dude. We're legion. Expect us. <laughs> I love the, the cyber hornet thing too, right? Like there's no better description than fucking cyber yeah. hornets. And it's weird. The whole thing Bitcoin is an inverse Ponzi scheme, right? Where Ponzi scheme is going to guarantee a rate of return, low risk, and it's preying on investor ignorance. Bitcoin's the opposite of that, right? It's highly volatile, a lot of risk, promises no rate of return, and it draws in the most intelligent people worldwide, right? And how can you possibly think that you could defend against that fighting force? A, an economic system that just draws in the most intelligent people worldwide forever. How could, what, what human force could ever stand up to that? And we talked about this too in the show recently, but like the more organized a group of people is, the more likely they are to become dominant. That's just, that's, that is the gift we have is the ability to organize ourselves, you know, through the logos, through storytelling, through symbols. Um, so by definition, whoever's the most organized tends to be, uh, tends to be the dominant group. And Bitcoiners, the, we have such a simplicity of organization and that we're just, we're all oriented around the shelling point of 21 million and that's all that matters, right? And um, I just see that we are, you can compare us to any other member of any other group in the world. I can't think of a more motivated individual to defend the network, right? There's no patriot in the world representing their nation state that is more motivated than a Bitcoiner to defend the network. And if you look, if you scale that out, and you take into account that this, thing, this vortex of incentives just keeps consuming more and more intellect, how can it be defeated? How can you unwind that? It's just, it's 
mind boggling. It's it's a fucking fight for your life, dude. Because when you're like, uh, you know, when you're out there waving the flag, the fucking Trump flag, and you're like, they're trying to kill our, you know, they're killing our culture, they're killing our way of life, they're took our jobs, all that stuff, right? <laughs> like, and I do I do sympathize with those people a lot because yeah. you know what's going on freedom wise is fucked. But hmm. Bitcoin is an attack on me. No, don't you fucking attack me. If this is a fight to the death and my life is on the line. Bro, really? Like, what are you willing to give up? Because I'm willing to fucking die to win. What are you willing to give up, honestly? And ask yourself that fucking question. And that's why we went. It's the will, the, the way of the warrior is the resolute acceptance of death. And Bitcoiners do not fuck around, man. This is just <laughs> 21 million or death. Yep. That's why it's so ridiculous and funny when um, and telling of of the, these people that uh, exhibit this behavior. Mm -hmm. But when they come in, you know, they they dip their toe in Bitcoin Twitter, they come from wherever, macro business, whatever. And like after a little bit of interaction, they get stung by a few hornets, that kind of stuff. They rail on how uh, like Bitcoiners are, um, you know, like I'm bullish on Bitcoin. I'm not bullish on Bitcoiners, like, you know, cult, idi idiots, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you you have such a there's something within you that's so that's blocking your ability to see what's really going on here to such an extent that a little bit of surface level you know ultimately playfulness but let's just say a veneer of of like protection yeah. or toxicity is, is is enough to push you away and cause you not to see this you don't even deserve to see this i mean it's part it's of the the and just like the insipid kind of callousness that's been cultivated inside like ooh, he like said words that hurt my feelings oh no and like and like now it's getting absurd it's like state he called me a poo poo head in the streets like like fucking ban destroy him and it's like wait I know. Like, when, like i thought we had like a like wasn't there like at the beginning an amendment we got that said something about saying stuff we wanted maybe i just imagined that i don't know but it's it's really wild you know and like that's you know, come back to the COVID thing, like, I've been, I, I don't want to say impressed, but like, it's been really shocking to me. It's that seen how many people are uh, like closet authoritarians, you know, like I, yeah. I've shared that I live in, in like a pretty lefty area. And I've, I've just been impressed at how quick people are like, they're like outside, like, you know, with their like scuba tank on and, and like, I've like, I like walk past and they're like, <sighs> like the evil man who won't wear his mask and it's like look like i get it it's dangerous like i don't want to give you the virus i don't get it from you but like fucking outside like i'm far away from you like like yeah. i'm just curious like what's going on in your mind are you like do you really think like my breath is going to capture you from where i'm at or like i don't know and, and I, i've just really had to come to terms with that like uh the eric Fromm idea of a fear of freedom like like people are utterly fucking terrified to like make a decision for themselves about like how to have safe behavior with this, you know, deadly pandemic going on. And I get like, it, it, it can be pretty scary, but like this idea of the word is like, all right, state's going to handle it. Well, like tell us when to like stay at home with all the other people who have the virus and to like not go outside. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, dude, I, it's they're, they're, they're institutionalized, dude. It's, it's just like the Morpheus and the matrix. It's like, literally they'd turn on us like if we broke them free like they're just not fucking ready you know they're not ready to be free and it's sad 
that it is that way. But I do have hope that the more we progress uh, in, in the hyper-Bitcoinized future, the more we will be able to restore freedom to at least America, at least America, right? Like once we have the ball rolling uh, down the hill after hyper-Bitcoinization, like I think the winds are in our favor, the winds of change. So we'll see. I remain optimistic about it. Um, there's sort of a connecting thread here in that we're talking about the cultural immune system of Bitcoin, right? Toxic Bitcoin maximalism or whatever you want to call it. And we're also talking about the reticence and resistance of the sheeple to like look at the cage they're in, right? To really accept it for what it is and to want to be closet authoritarians, wear your mask or you're doing, you're dehumanizing the world. But this is the same thing, right? It's every culture has an immune system. So it's kind of like one immune system versus another almost. And mm -hmm. for me, it just ends up being the question of which one is protecting something closer to truth, right? That's that's the organism you want to be a part of, right? The the one creating the most results with the least efforts or or honoring the first law of thermodynamics most closely. And that's what Bitcoin is. It's just energy yeah. conservation is truth. Yeah, I, this past year, <clears throat> has obviously um laid bare a lot of what i genuinely think and you know i think it's largely because as we've been discussing the system in which these people or all of us have grown up in and been conditioned by and you know all the rest of it um how much like i think it's fair to call it like psychological pathology in many different ways like i know you can't really extract the subject from the environment you know to to make an assessment like there's no vacuum of just you know pure you know pure consciousness to compare people to but like just the 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 emotions the fear the hysterics the lack of critical thinking you know the lack of of logic and reason it's apparent everywhere and i you know i think these are very like very real psychological conditions that people are suffering from. And they may, you know, in many cases, you can, they can still survive in the environment in which they're operating and competing, but obviously not thrive. I mean, look at diseases of despair, you know, look at all the different uh, metrics of, of how people are feeling these days. Let's, let's, let's pause on GDP for a second. Let's just look at like, you know, happiness sort of metrics. And, you know, they, they seem to be going in the wrong direction. I think a, a lot of that is like very real. And, uh, you know, I know we'd all say that it's, it's because of the system that these people were, were conditioned and formed by. And I think that's what's happening, you know, in Bitcoin. But there is that period of like where you have to be ripped away and it can be uncomfortable for a time. And Bitcoin, to be fair, seems to be facilitating pretty uh, smooth transitions, you know, like not many people come in and like it's super uncomfortable for a while it's more, more like i've heard you heard you say this before but it's like you know come in it's warm you know just like over here guys like it's, it's, the water's great um but yeah. yeah i mean it's been so disheartening just to see the level of uh what i just think is is psycho psychological pathology this year which makes you just think like we live in a bizarro world like we're in a totally kind of unhinged bizarro world and anything could really happen there because nothing is is predicated on anything absolute or or a high degree of of logic or reason and that is probably the most you know trepidation that i have like as much as 
I think Bitcoin is, is going to ultimately save us all and, and create an amazing world. It's like we're in the time where, you know, the eye of the storm where anything, really anything is possible just because of the way that we're made, deciding things as a society, you know? Yeah. I mean, and all the sick you honestly, in there. You, you honestly got to think, and, you know, I've spent a lot of time talking to Bitcoiners just like you have, John, and we're a very specific personality type very specific bitcoiners tend to be uh, higher iq than average they tend to be much more disagreeable than average they tend to have uh, life experiences that led them to bitcoin like i often think of uh, the way we all get into bitcoin as sort of like our slumdog millionaire moment like there wasn't anything particularly um, special about our lives but when you trace the through line back you see every bit of it coming to bitcoin like i remember having a conversation with my grandfather and he was telling me in World War II, a buddy of his was trading currencies on the gray market, right? And then I go to like SETI uh, was my screensaver and I was doing decentralized, uh, you know, alien uh, extraterrestrial searching with everybody else, right? And then I go through like trying to buy drugs, on the, trying to buy psychedelics on the Silk Road, and, like going libertarian with the Ron Paul campaign and blah, 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 blah. And so it just led me here, right? So it's like, in a way, I, I think we're kind of like, called to this we're pulled to this right and you have to be pulled i think because i think push will wear you out if you're trying to push against this broken system you're gonna get fucking beaten down right like you're gonna lose you have to be called it has to be like what robert was saying it has to be something greater than yourself something outside yourself and that's worth living your fucking life for you know like you got to find that thing and that thing is bitcoin like you already found it Fucking, you know, if you're listening, if you're watching this show, if you're watching this show and you don't know. Well, well that's you know, the other I, trick is believing in shit when you actually find it. I mean, it, and that can cause, you know, delay in getting into Bitcoin. Like people live their, their, their lives for so long thinking like they're not deserving of, you know, transcendence or they're not deserving of good things or they're not deserving of knowing the truth or being happy and content. And that's not like a conscious thing, but it can be operating subconsciously in the background and so when you encounter that thing that can actually deliver you all that it's almost like you won't allow yourself to believe it is what it is hodling starts with loving yourself it really does <laughs> seriously I, like it's, that. That's true. I mean you have to care about future you if you don't care about future you if you don't care about present you how the fuck are you going to care about future you right but you have to at least care about future you in order to put some money aside for your future. And that's what and, fucking Bitcoin is. And you have to love yourself enough to believe in yourself and to believe in what you've learned about mm. Bitcoin against this system, you know? Yeah. And, and that's one of those key steps I was talking about earlier is, is to be able to look at all this information coming in telling you you're wrong, Bitcoin's a bad, it's a butt, whatever. And to say, no, like, like I'm going to do something for me because I believe in this and I want to have this for myself. And like that, that bloom that comes out from that, you know, like it, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. And, and I think it, it's important that we, yeah, like connecting all those threads, like it's really important to, to realize, you know, and again, with it being the same, like, like all this shit I think is really crazy. And like, it can't just be circumstantial. Like, why is the world so fucked up? And Bitcoin comes up at just the, like, just in the nick of motherfucking time. Because, like, it's late enough, too, that, like, the surveillance apparatus has been deployed. It's powerful as fuck. And, like, it has really eaten most stuff at this point. 
Yeah. But somehow Bitcoin comes along, pushes out peer-to-peer -peer cryptography to everybody. And now we have like this fundamental framework to change it all. And I mean, looking out into that darkness, like it's dark, but like, it's awesome that we have this like fucking infinite light to like carry in front of us to like light the way. And hey, listen, if you don't believe in yourself, believe in Robert. I mean, just look at him. He's handsome. His, his you should, eyes you should are smell me. He's smart. He smells good. And guess what? It smells like He's mahogany. Right. He's fucking right. He's right as balls. He's right. Just listen to Robert. He's right. You know, speaking of which, Speaking of listening, I had to Robert. Get my Robert. I had to get my Robert joke in. Somewhere. I was waiting for it. So I appreciate it. <laughs> but you know, you know, because we all obviously we're just normal people of the nature we've been describing thus far, and we here we are, right? And Rob, obviously, you know, both Rob and Eric, you know, your writing is phenomenal, and and you know, people in the space really, really appreciate it, and derive a lot of value from those insights and the way that you frame things and your perspective on things. But, you know, when you first started writing, did you just do it because you felt you like you were getting these impulses or these insights and you felt you had to get it out? Because it's you, you wouldn't, I don't think either of you are the type of people that think like, I know something that other people don't and I'm going to like, you know, share it out because the perspective or, that I've been able to cultivate is, is better in any way. Uh, but I'm just wondering, like, what was the impetus for both of you to start, you know, trying to explore these ideas in a public forum? Uh, you want to go first, Robert? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I will just say getting ripped down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I'd always been a, a big reader, but then once you get into the Bitcoin rabbit hole, you start reading content all related to that. Um, and I would give some credit to just being a digital native too. Like it got to the point to where like the more I was reading, the more thoughts I was having, I'm just putting them in my phone all the time. So I ended up with just these hundreds of pages of files and notes everywhere. And that's just, at some point you're like, okay, I've wrote all this stuff down. What am I going to do with it? <clears throat> like, what else can you do? I'm just going to write it and publish it. So I'll say that for me was the thing. Um, I wanted to speak to Holdel's earlier point though about the personality profile. Like how it couldn't be any other way, right? Because you yeah. have these two cultural membranes coming together. And it's like, of course, the most disagreeable, highest IQ, pioneering, you know, the libertarians that lived at the edge of that membrane, right? Before it encountered Bitcoin, they're the first ones to punch through, permeate to the other side. So I think it's just a great, great way to look at it. And that so push it's, pull it's, is interesting too, because you can't pull you can't pull the non disagreeable, non high IQ, non libertarians in necessarily. I'm sorry, you can't push them in, but you can pull them in, and that's why like that's why I named the show "What Is Money?" Because I think that is the fucking question, right? Like if you can just get people, it's like, look, you can't learn anything from me. Forget what I have to tell you. Clearly, I'm talking my own book. I hold Bitcoin. How about you just ask yourself, "What is money?" And keep asking that question and see what you land on. Because I don't yeah. know anyone that's actually really looked into it and tried to get to the bottom of money and not become interested in Bitcoin. It's not possible. Um, and the last thing I would say is, uh, Hodel's actually a really good writer too. He just doesn't write much. And I would encourage him <laughs> to go out and write some more shit soon. How do you, piece on fiat How do you know he's a good writer? Yeah, you need to take it. You got to read his piece on fiat philosophy. Character. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, Postmodernism, fiat philosophy. When did you put that out? It was great. Uh, a little while ago. It's about, it's called soft money equals soft minds. It's about postmodernism and how it relates to, yeah, so basically, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, fuck Retweet it. I was going to piggyback off uh, Robert's point. It's kind of like when you, when you break it all down, everything in the universe is just, everything is eating everything else, right? And so when you look at like the fiat system and the Bitcoin system bumping up next to each other, which, which one do you think is eating which one? You know, ask yourself that mm. question. It's mm. pretty obvious. When literally there have been like dollars have just fell into it and they never come back out. It's a fucking black hole for, for dollars. <laughs> yep. you know? like, I mean, literally it creeps you out to think about it, but when you die, the bacteria that lives on you takes you over and eats you. So, you know, Good times. You know, speaking of, <laughs> uh, do you, did you have something, Eric? Oh, I was, I was just going to answer the, the writing question. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Go for it. Go for it. I, I've always been a writer. Like, I've always had, that's just what I've kind of done for a thing. And then uh, when I was at Coinbase, I, I like, uh, you can go, f I have a whole blog that I wrote pseudo anonymously where I was still uh, like tangling with some of my leftist ideas. Uh, and like, I've, I've never like, I kind of want to recover all of that work because like now where I'm at, I understand how I was seeing it. And I do think it's important to recover it. I also have some like really interesting economic theory in there. Um, but then when I finally left Coinbase, I was like, oh, I can like finally start like writing under my own name without because like, you know, I had lots of inflammatory opinions and stuff and I didn't want that to, to reflect on on my work. Um, so, yeah, I just started kind of going deeper with all of my thoughts and also like I have this entire bookshelf over here that's just like full of all of this like insane philosophy that uh, like as soon as I started like asking the Bitcoin questions like that, like it just started like gnawing at me and I was like, like, why does it work this way? And I just like went down this philosophy rabbit hole, which I'm still doing. And I've like done in tandem with Bitcoin as I've tried to like understand it more and more. And I finally feel like I'm starting to get a pretty cohesive, like metaphysical view that like I've sincerely spent like eight solid years really deeply researching so it, it feels good to finally kind of be showing up there that's awesome um eric i got a book for you yeah have you have you heard of uh leela leela who wrote it it's by it's by robert persig he wrote zen and art of motorcycle maintenance Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard this just because uh, you, you brought it up at the last thing we were speaking at. What's it about? Man, it is so good. I just, I just finished it. It's about the metaphysics of value. And it's a really, it's, all, it's already, a, it's probably top five books I've ever read. It's very different than what I normally read too. I'll say just the premise is that value is actually more fundamental than subject object reality. So we, we, our whole materialist scientific worldview is premised on A causes B. This book is saying that B values precondition A. So it's very wild and it gets into the substance of what value is and the way it relates back to economics is super interesting. So I want anyone that's listening to this to please go read that book and let's talk about it because it just shook my worldview. And I just want to talk to people about it. Nice. I'll check it out. I buy books that are recommended. To, like, like as a Bitcoiner, if you have a little bit of extra money now, like you should 
that's one thing you should part with stats for is for for knowledge you know uh, for phys physical books absolutely. too dude because they're absolutely they're, they're ministry yeah. of truthing all the fucking books you know i can't even read about Anne frank playing with her vagina anymore you know it's terrible <laughs> I've been I've been worried about them 1984 like that. I regret like, I regret that joke. Stuff. I regret that joke. <laughs> terrible joke. Holocaust jokes are funny now because we're we're far. No, have we not hit that time? <laughs> okay. Um, but I'd be interested in hearing. And this is you know kind of a dry question, but I would actually like all of you guys. What are some like you know top one or two books that you found really? I don't know. Impacted your your perspective on on thinking and, and such i'd be interested in knowing mine would be uh homo sakura which is wrote by a philosopher Giorgio ambigan and homo sakura is the term uh for for the sacred man but he traces this archaeology of how individuals are like placed outside of the law and so the idea was like in roman culture if you profane the gods or like broke an oath that like now the gods would no longer protect you. So like anybody could murder you and it was fucking cool. It like wasn't a crime. And so he, and he has this whole book series that goes over it, but it's been deeply influential to me because he like does this very, very deep exploration of how and why the state has a privilege and a power to kill people and like how it developed that and what it means. Uh, so yeah, that, that would, those would be kind of my, my top one. It's super, super fucking dense reading, though. It's like very esoteric and he uses lots of Latin terms and is like referencing like, you know, five different major Greek philosophers like every other page. So be, be prepared to be like, what the fuck? I'll give I'll give one I don't normally give um, this side of paradise by F. Scott Fitzgerald, which is the book he wrote uh, before The Great Gatsby. And it's just sort of about his time at Princeton and just him being the, you know, outsider observer and watching the other children of privilege and how they behaved and the way they behave is monstrous, right? And it's just like, I always felt, you know, I, I was, Great Gatsby is one of my favorites too, because I always aligned with that um, observer who was like inside the world of privilege, but not a part of it, just, you know, on, fly on the wall watching it. So that's a really, really good one from... Uh, from that it's just a fucking great book too surprised i haven't made it into a movie um i'll give out one i'll give out a group of three books actually that i think are super interesting to read together um because of the way they they it's it's we we most of us are materialists most of us think again a causes b and thing like the, the universe is made of matter, but there's actually an alternative view that the universe is made of what matters. It's a realm of relevance, right? So value changes based on our, our goals and purpose and whatnot. So I would recommend these three books together. And it's a, it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of hard reading, but it will make you a better person. If you read Human Action by Mises, first of all, you'll just be an expert in Austrian econ. Second of all, you'll get a real good lens on the Austrian econ view of that. And then combine that with Maps of Meaning by Jordan Peterson, who talks about the mythological aspects of the same thing. And then that book, Leela, on the end. Leela is just the simplified version of the first two nice. in a lot of ways, but but the philosophical way. So that that's a great recipe, I think, those three books. And then I'll recommend two other really short reads that I think are really good. There's one called As a Man Thinketh 
it's like a literally a 25 page book. You can read it in 30 minutes. It's nothing, but it's so freaking good. And then, then um, one I read recently was The Law by Bastiat. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like a 60 page book, maybe 50, like you read it in a few Super hours, a couple yeah. hours, and it will just decimate your conception of socialism once and for all. Like if you really want to understand what socialism is, just read this book. Nice. Yeah, those are awesome suggestions. And Rob, you gave me the PDF of Maps of Meaning and of recent books. I fucking hate reading not physical books. So I haven't worked my way through enough yeah. of it yet. I'm gonna I'm just gonna buy the physical one on Amazon so I can enjoy it more. But that seems, you know, I'm really enjoying yeah. that thus far. But you know, when I try to answer that question, the only two books that come to mind, this is weird, but uh two books probably from grade school right i guess seven eight one was the giver did you guys read that yeah and great book. Other, i think other, about uh, that book I think about that book a lot actually yeah that one and the hatchet which is just a story of uh like a dude who gets lost that was the, the first book i ever wrote yeah, yeah and he has to take care fun. is to take care of himself and he you know he, he learns independence and how to make a hut and how to kill an animal and all the rest of it and then there was actually oh. a sequel called like brian's the, the river winter I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian's Winter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so those two books, whenever I'm asked that, I can't think of any book in recent memory where I was like, wow. But when I, whenever I'm asked uh, the books that, you know, that stand out in my mind, it, it's it's those two books. And so, uh, yeah, that that's... Uh, On the novel front, have any of you guys read any of James Clavell's uh, Asian saga? Like Shogun yeah. or anything? Oh man, they're so fucking good. They're super yeah, dense reads. They're like a thousand page each, but like, they're they're excellent books. But Shogun's my favorite out of like the whole series. Nice. I yeah. I need to read more. Honestly, I was I used to read a book a week, and I stopped doing it because I found out that most books are trash. So like, out of the fifty two books I read the year I did it, I only liked three of the books and thought they were useful. I, told, I totally agree. And like, I think you, it's, it's trendy, right? To read a book a week or read a fuckload. And I, I'm obviously an advocate of yeah. reading, but you know, you've got to have output too. You've got to apply what you are presumably learning in these books in some capacity. Like, I don't think there's any benefit to just filling up yourself constantly and not applying it in, in some way. And that's, that's what, cause I was like a voracious reader in my, my twenties and I just felt at, like after a while, it's like, what's the fucking point of this? Like, it's not, yeah. I'm not using any of this shit. So until I start using it, then I want to read the books that will facilitate the things that I actually want to do, whether it's speaking or accomplishing something or, or building or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but to that point, this came up recently. And uh, Hoddle, you said, you know, I'm a human. I act. I don't need to read <laughs> human action. Right. And, I, you know, I, I, I think Eric and Rob, you've both read human action. Is that right? I'm familiar with human action. I haven't, I haven't read it. I've read other things. Right. So, so Rob, you tell me this, right? Cause I haven't read any of the Austrians, right? I, I had, I have a PDF of one of Hayek's books and I think I read like three pages, but you know, I've heard yeah. enough being in the Bitcoin space. I, you know, you hear a lot about them, you get the gist, you, you, you they're quoted all the time, but I've never felt like a, a, a you know, a compulsion to read them. Cause I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but like, I feel like I get a lot of it fairly intuitively, but Rob, I'd be interested in like you telling me why I'm wrong about that. Dude, Hodel said it best. Austrian economics is obvious actually. Yeah. Right. It's like everything, everything you learned in college about economics, it was just mystical sounding bullshit. 
you'll read this and be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. All that was clearly hocus pocus. But I will also say that as, as obvious or intuitive as it is, there's still a lot to be gained by digging into it. Like specifically with human action, even if you could just read the first hundred pages of human action, I think you get a lot out of the book. It's probably a 1200 page book. But that like the, the aspect that I just mentioned, like that human beings were not things, what did, what did uh, what does he, what does he say? Things, it's all about means and ends, but means are not things. Things become means to an end once human purpose is channeled into it, right? There is a, there's a subjective domain unfolding all around us all the time and objects change relevance according to the goal-directed actions of people. So we're, we're creating the world of value through our purpose and through our consciousness. And that's some radical shit, man. That's not something you're ever yeah. gonna get in Keynesian uh, economics. So I would say that you can get the gist of it enough to understand why Bitcoin's valuable without reading much of it. Um, you can even read Safety's book, Bitcoin Standard, that hits the broad strokes, all you need to know. But there is some more treasure the deeper you dig. Um, but it's hard, man. It's hard reading. Like human action, it's a hard book to read. You gotta read it slow. It looks pretty daunting. You gotta let it soak in. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that uh, Hayek's The Denationalization of Money. Like I read that mm. in like late 2013. And like that did the final job of like totally wrecking the idea that the state's control of money was like a helpful or valuable or like thoughtful thing. Uh, and, and I do think that's important specifically for that because the fact that like he wrote that without like you know he was just kind of uh going on the idea of like what would it look like if we did denationalize money and how would that function like bitcoin just happens to be implementing that so i think i think it's a pretty good fit um but yeah the the, the austrians can be daunting in general um you know i it's funny because sometimes i really like that reading and sometimes i really dislike that reading um it really kind you of go, depends you on go through different for. phases in your reading right that's just i think that's pretty natural like the dry thick stuff for a while the biographies for a while the practical stuff for you know i i go through the same thing from time to time i've just never been drawn to you know those group of writers quite yet but i was speaking speaking of uh, biographies if anybody wants a good biography um titan the life of john d rockefeller fucking amazing mm, biography really? it's huge it's it's a tome, but you know, when you read it, you, cause you hear about Rockefeller and you're just like, and you know, this was a man who at one point owned 1% of the American economy. That's crazy shit. Right. And, and you know, he had to him and JP Morgan had to help bail out the federal government, like crazy shit. Right. So anyway, like fucking, uh, you hear about him and you're like, oh yeah, some evil rich guy a long time ago, robber baron type. Like, no, no, this, this man was on a mission from God to build up as much wealth as he possibly could and then redistribute it, you know? And so he did He did create modern philanthropy and a lot of stuff, but just his resolve, his resoluteness throughout his early life and throughout his career and just like always doubling down on himself is a lesson that everybody needs to take. And one of my favorite parts from the book, he fucking, uh, he stayed faithfully married to his wife until she died at 90. He was 92. And then he started banging chicks in the back of the newly automobile that his driver would fucking, he would get handy. <laughs> he would get handies in the back of the automobile. He was like, I'm free, bitch, touch my dick. <laughs> <laughs> At 92. Fucking amazing. 
but do you think Bezos is 1%? What's the American economy? Like 20 some odd no. tr trillion? He's nowhere close to 1%. What's, what's the US GDP? Let's go. Somebody Google it. It's like 24 trillion or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's around that. 22, 22. And so Bezos is like 250 billion ish, isn't it? Billion. So that would put him at 0.1% or 0.01. Two, Math is hard. No, I mean, <laughs> two hundred fifty billion is would be one percent of uh, twenty five trillion, right? No, I think it's. it's way. I think it's point one percent. Two hundred fifty billion, then two point <laughs> five trillion, then twenty five trillion. We're like, trust us on Bitcoin, guys. We're <laughs> <laughs> and we lost everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I, I got to check in with my wife and kids real quick. So, so I'll be back. Do you guys, you guys want to keep going for a while? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to check in with her to kind of see if she needs me. So what do you think you guys want to keep going? I got until, uh, what time right. is it right now? I got another like 15, 20. Let's for do sure. Um, what, what's Bezos net worth? Uh, like 250 or rough, No, it's not that high. Roughly like 200, right? Although he did get super rich during the pandemic, so. He's I mean, it's such a different time too, though, because like the the kind of wealth that Rockefeller had was like still in you know, like valuable assets that like couldn't be easily yeah sold and all that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, Dude, Rockefeller was a billionaire, a multi deca billionaire when people thought a million was a lot of money, you know. Yeah. That's 83 basis points. If the American economy is 24 trillion and Bezos is 20, or I'm sorry, 200 billion, that's 0.83%, 83 basis points. I think Pretty close to Rockefeller. Yeah, it says Bezos Just, is 188 billion on Google. So. Oh, 188. 188. Oh, what, happens to, what happens to this? Like, little happens, under 1%. Yeah. Like, what, three what happens to these top? you know top 100 most wealthy people on the planet when the bitcoin standard comes in because like they they can't all get on the bitcoin bus and they're all and a lot of them are really invested in this legacy system so like mm. i'm just I curious think, I, think, like, I think they're going to keep their place but there will be churn you know yeah. and they they'll fall down they'll fall down the list if you're in the top thousand you're going to still be in the top thousand but you could fall from number three to number 997 depending on how late your ass is but you're not gonna mm -hmm. you're not gonna get booted out of the top thousand, unlikely. Like guys, unless you're at the bottom. And you I suspect guys like Bezos and Musk, like they already have probably a sizable allocation. That's just my hunch. But even if they yeah. even if they waited to like a million with the capital that they guys, put into it, they'd be fine. Do you guys know how shrewd Bezos is? Do you know that he's also a billionaire from a seed investment in Google? That investment alone made him a multi-billionaire. We don't know That's how big how that is, though, right? Uh, no, it was like four, four billion or something he put into oh, okay. Google, I or like, or he he, got he received from Google. It it was a lot. It's multi billions. I mean, we're gonna. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention a while back was it, I mentioned on another call today, but just going back to this like this historical moment and what's going on, you like this is not only just for us in the future, but all those people throughout time. Like, just think, you know, the example, I, I, the image that usually emerges in my head is like two dudes, like a guy and his friend sitting on the Nile in Egypt, eating some figs and just rip, like shitting on the fucking pharaohs for building the pyramids and the fucking slavery and 
you know, what the religion, whatever. I was just being like, we don't believe in any of this bullshit. This is this is garbage. But who basically, you know, so they were free thinkers, quote unquote, but had no real means to to do anything about it or to enact any fundamental change. I mean, the only thing that ever really happened was pitchfork revolutions. And then you end up constructing the exact same thing over again. And then the whole process plays out. And like, we're here at this time, we're all those bros and chicks throughout time that were just looking at the state of affairs being like, this is out of whack. And but being powerless to do anything to that. This is also for them. Like, I feel sometimes like we're, we're channeling them because they wanted something like this. They wanted the tables to be turned. They wanted to be able to actually establish something once and for all that's going to empower individuals and, and change things fundamentally for the better. And here we fucking are. And uh, I love thinking about those, those people throughout history because we tend to think about history and we flip through the pages of the history book or Wikipedia article and we see the frescoes or we see the, the paintings that you know, lasted. And like we have such a static view of their culture. But the fact is, is like there was people just like us, the outsiders that were talking about like how, you know, bullshit things were and wanting change and, and, and discussing ideas and, you know, all the rest of it, but couldn't really do it and kind of had to res resign themselves to the same type of desperation that we may have been doing prior to discovering and engaging in Bitcoin. And so this shit is for them, too. And I just wanted to share that with you all. I feel you hundred percent. I often think about that in just the context of um, if you're not going to have children, you know, like what a long lineage of suffering there is to get you to this point and how selfish you are to like break that chain, you know, like, dude, your great, 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 great grandmother had to get raped. Okay. For you to exist. I mean, seriously. And that probably happened a lot. And you're just going to throw it away because you want to fucking play Xbox and get high? No. No. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I think it's funny. To, to your point, John, uh, like this kind of marries up with a lot of my deep metaphysical beliefs. And one of the read, one of the philosophers who, who I really love, Walter Benjamin, uh, and I think I quoted this kind of in, in that piece that we did for 21ism. But like, I, I think recognizing that chain of like what's going on is that like the, the quote that stands out to me is like not even the dead will be safe from the enemy uh in terms of like what we're doing and like us building what what bitcoin offers an opportunity like it resounds throughout all of human history of that like this way that people can be exploited taken advantage of hurt have money extracted from them like that shit's done and we get to like build back on the back of this new technology in such a powerful way that we sort of vindicate those same dudes in Egypt and all of the other people throughout history who didn't have an opportunity to resist or fight back. We're building this for them in the exact same way that we're building it for people a thousand years from now too. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to get really metaphysical about it, like we are them. We're in a different meat suit, but like the fact that we're seeing things with clarity and we're, we have this you know, unchanging, in, you know, infinite immutable consciousness that gets sucked down in these meat avatars, which is great because we get to have these individual experiences in different environments and all the stuff that comes with it. But like you can, you can fuck, you can eat cheeseburgers. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. But, you know, that like you can almost you can almost transport yourself back to those dudes sitting on the edge of the Nile and be like, there's no real difference between the, you know, the perspective 
and the awareness that I'm looking out on the world than they were, you know, circumstances a little bit different, but a lot of the same thoughts and emotions and, and things like coursing through our, our brains and, and our bodies. And, you know, that's cool. That's what uh, that Maps of Meaning book would really peel back some layers on is he argues that we come pre-installed with a lot of this procedural knowledge, right? We have a lot of experience encoded in us, right? In our, in our actions, in our bodies. So we, we are channeling the past, right? We not only carry the lineage of all our ancestors, but then too, through reading and through things like conversation with other people that have read other books, we're all we're getting this, this influence from, from so many different directions across all of history. So we, each of us, we're not, we say individual, but we're all actually a plurality of everyone else to some extent, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I and I tried to write about this because I agree with you that it's almost like everything's been leading to Bitcoin. And I tried to write that about that in our most brilliant idea when I was saying that historically gold was the best tool we had to incentivize ourselves to civilize ourselves because we had something we could store and secure that was uh, you know free from counterparty risk other than like direct violent thefts and uh, free from political machinations, more or less, it was a free market money. And it's as if like all of this history of voluntary exchange that creates wealth and then involuntary exchange that takes it, either steals it or we invade, and, you know, violence, all the things you put under involuntary exchange occurring, it's like it's led us to this point where we now have a system that at least the promise of it is that it almost totally eliminates or minimizes at least involuntary exchange. And we just become a society built on voluntary exchange. And fuck, that's like the greatest idea humanity ever have. If Bitcoin accomplishes that, even halfway if it accomplishes that, that is by far the greatest idea we've ever had. So that's why it's so bananas to see people uh, dismiss it outright. Like I know in the exchange with Peter Joseph, Rob, like I think he said something like, you know money and and exchange have nothing to do with economics and like everything basically everything you just said he articulated the exact opposite and it's i don't know what you, you how do you how you really respond to to thinking like that because i agree with you you know so much has been leading to this and it's such a unique it's the establishment of such a unique relationship that we can develop between one another uh and i think a tremendously positive one that it's it's really bizarre when you encounter people that uh, think the exact opposite well he really yeah. lost me when he said all markets are inherently corrupt i know like, that makes no fucking sense like well, the reason the, market participants exchange yeah. is because they both perceive value in the exchange that's the idea that it. like the market always ends in slavery those guys always say that and it's like no it, but like, it doesn't the, this was Hannah Ardent's exact point that she made in uh, in Eichmann in Jerusalem about like what evil is like evil can't fucking recognize itself at all like of course that dude would say like all markets are corrupt like you're corrupt I'm corrupt we're all evil motherfuckers that are here just to, like get our own you know like don't yeah don't try to tell me otherwise and so her whole point is like that's what Eichmann did like about the fucking Holocaust he was like what I was just listening to orders just like how you listen to orders like we're all gonna listen to orders that were given no. And like our job is to recognize when people like that show up, like there's there isn't a dialogue or anything to be said, you know. Like he yeah. he sincerely believes that all markets are inherently corrupt because of the kind of evil that he comes from, and that's just what it is. 
He's like, so let's corrupt him further, motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. And meanwhile, we like give him this object, like, look, our pure object of truth that actually like creates fair markets. With, of dude, I, I sympathize with these liberals because I was one of these liberals when I was 18. I was a little shithead, right? And some of the stupid thoughts I would have would like, I would just throw litter, I would throw trash on the ground. And then I would rationalize it by being like, concrete is already litter on the earth, bro. So <laughs> you, you can't litter on top of litter, you know? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But that's what oh. it is. Rob, you've asked before, <laughs> what is Bitcoin's curse? Because uh, obviously we've been talking a lot about its, uh, you know, what it's going to deliver in a positive capacity. Have you uh, come round to any kind of answer on that question? Um, no, I, would, I put that tweet out and I got a lot of interesting responses, but I don't know. I, I feel like the curse might just be the transition. It's just gonna be a painful transition where there's a lot of instability, right? You don't, this is like when in the Bible where they escaped ancient Egypt, they had to wander in the desert for 40 years, right? You don't just leave the stability of a tyranny and then you just immediately fall into pure nirvana and freedom. Harmony. Like you have yeah. to figure shit out still, you know? There's a lot of things to figure out. So we are gonna suffer from instability of the state and we're gonna move into a new economic and societal model. And that transition, I think, will just be messy and painful. Um, that's the best idea I have, but I would say check out that thread. Man, there were like 500 answers, and there were a lot of really interesting thoughts. So, because because you know, having read a little bit of Peterson and knowing his shtick a little bit, right? He he basically frames reality of the competing forces or the balancing forces of order and chaos, right? Or entropy and mm -hmm. the anti-entropic force, and we you know you've talked about that a bunch recently. <laughs> but if Bitcoin and and you know, I think the the synthesis there is harmony. That's that's the best combination of those two things. But don't you think like no matter what it ultimately is, even after a transition, it will have its opposite somewhere or it will have, you know, something with an, an opposing equal force? Well, the thing he describes is the, the reason humanity is so special is because and what the divine spark is, the logos, is we are the force that intermediates between order and chaos. So we're this dynamic uh, equilibrium, I guess, between the two. So, and Bitcoin is that, right? It too is an expression of the logos and that it's a freely selected money. And then it also like mechanically intermediates between order and chaos, right? It's what the mining algorithm is. It's we're finding an atom in the universe, right? Of the, resolving a puzzle of maximal entropy and converting it into the most indisputable order humanity has ever known. Mm. So it's like, it's not just, Bitcoin's not just order or chaos. It, it is one of these forces too that intermediates between the two. I don't know, does it have an opposite? It's like, what is the opposite of humanity? I don't, how do you answer that? So it's like an external logos or something, you know, or something. It's a state. It's the state, you guys. It declares itself total authority to have truth over everything. Like, that's the opposite right. of Bitcoin. It's the state. It's this thing that uses its authoritarian model to demand that you follow what it says, regardless of if it's true or not. You know, and, yeah. and sorry, I'm getting animated because, like, this goes all the way back to, like, my thesis of, you know, the, the state uses authority, not truth, creates legitimacy. We're using truth, mm -hmm. not authority, creates legitimacy. And, like, that's all it is at I the very bottom. 
I agree with that. Actually, and there's a number of things I've been thinking of. There is what one you're describing, what, what John Milton described, evil. Evil is the knowledge that thinks it's that believes itself complete. Right. So the state saying, here is the model. This is what you're going to run by. We decide, we make the rules. Like you don't get to go out and willingly adopt and consensually create the rules. Whereas the opposite of that would be a free market, right? Or Bitcoin. Like it's constantly adapting and changing. Uh, as it responds to its environment. So yeah, I guess you could say it's good versus evil, right? We have the, the sovereignty of the individual and the self-sovereignty of Bitcoin is good. It's good and useful order. And it's competing against evil, which is the you know proclaimed omniscience of the state. Um, and that, yeah, so that could be kind of your yin and yang, but the, the evil, I've been thinking about this a lot too. It's like, you can't really escape that either. It's almost like the, the good needs the evil to test its integrity, to make sure it's constantly evolving. And I feel like that's sort of the mythology of God, Satan, right? You know, Satan is, if God is God, God could eliminate Satan in theory, but he, it's almost like God needs Satan. Well, um, it's like, just speaking mythologically, so. I mean, I forget that, but there's like a story in the Bible where like, like everything that like Satan does like furthers God's cause and it's like this big practical joke. And I mean, like mm -hmm. to me, like that's what, like Bitcoin is this practical joke. Like all, like everything when you zoom out is fucking hilarious that like we're using the cryptography that the state developed at like its maximum right. capacity of war and that like nobody fucking understands this and that like the people in power keep dismissed, like each and every step, like it's, it's, it's so, so funny. I mean, I, I really enjoy laughing about it sometimes. Hey, we're and all Jungian getting, we're all getting hilariously rich, you know? No, the, the fool is the precursor to the savior. So the fool yeah. is the guy that just tries shit. Like, I don't know, I'm going to yeah. experiment and do different things. And he's, you know, again, he's at that the edge of, between order and chaos. And he's going to fail 95% of the time. But he's also the guy that discovers the thing that changes everything forever, right? He's also the Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was a fool until he was a technological savior. So Dude, think about uh, Joe Rogan hiding behind I'm just a comedian when he's like the most profound truth teller on the main stage, you know? Right. Hey, speaking of which, I got to go because I got to give a little girl a bottle and watch Baby Shark. I'm going to tell her about hey. the, proclaimed, the proclaimed omniscience of the state and see how she responds. I'll see you guys then. With a little boy. I need to go read some bedtime stories. I think I'm going to read The Giving Tree. All right. Well, why don't, why don't we shut it down then? All right, Let's guys. All right. I love it. I love you guys. I, I appreciate sharing in the revolutionary vanguard of Bitcoin with you. 100%. Love you fuckers too. We'll talk again soon. Love you guys. Wow. We got to do you. another one of these. I, I love these. Yeah, me yeah, too. We will so for sure. Again soon. Have a good Christmas, right. guys. Same here. Yeah. yeah have a good Christmas. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.